Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Welcome back to Season 2 of the Mind Your Fiber podcast, Episode 42. Just a reminder, if you're just now starting to follow this podcast and want to learn about fibromyalgia, I recommend starting with Episode 1 of Season 1. Also, please download the Season 1 episode guide that will guide you through the content of season one, where I talk about what fibro is and how it is diagnosed and treated. Other episodes cover pain science, the pain-stress connection, self-care, diet, exercise, and sleep. This season also includes important topics on grief, relationships, and pushing and crashing. You can use season one to keep track of your progress. The link to download it is in the show notes or roomcoach.com slash season one. Additional disclaimer, this podcast season is covering information about trauma and stress. My podcast episodes intend to provide information, but if any of this is triggering or activating your nervous system, please pause, do some self-care, like breathing, meditation, or talk to someone. This is not intended to add more pain, but rather providing education, another reason for self-compassion, show the common humanity of our experiences, and also that you're not alone in your struggle. A lot has happened since the recording of my last episode, and I'm sorry for this delay. I have wrote this episode when my employer became a target of a cyber attack. And it evolved into an over-two-month ordeal for all physicians and other staff. We were completely out of external internet and other types of communications, including remote or home access, that I use a lot in order to come home early to spend time with my family and work on other projects. It is incredible how much our healthcare relies on internet communications. For example, I could not send any prescriptions electronically. Everything had to be called into the pharmacy or be written like in the old days. We had no faxes in and out, which meant no external records, faxes from pharmacies, insurance companies, pre-authorizations, etc. We had no radiology results, as all the images from our offices had to be electronically uploaded to be processed and read. This was a newsworthy massive attack on a major healthcare system. And likely for the patients and employees, it was averted. 
and our systems were not penetrated. But FBI is still investigating. But at least now we're back in business, except our passports now are a mile long. I also spent time applying for a fellowship I had been thinking of applying for some time. In the last few years, my focus has been to study psychology, pain science, the brain, and neuroscience. Along the way, I studied nutrition and other complementary therapies like Reiki and coaching. Recently, I took a course on ketamine-assisted therapy, and it completely blew my mind on how it can help with depression and chronic pain. So I applied and was accepted to the Andrew Weil Center for the Integrative Medicine Fellowship and received the prestigious Lavelle Jones Rheumatology Scholarship, which is awarded to one physician per year. I'm so, so excited to start this two-year endeavor and hopefully will take you along for the ride. So in my last episode, I discussed the concept of adverse childhood experiences or ACEs. What happened to you as a child that could explain your health challenges today? Everyone should calculate their ACE score. Many of my patients were surprised to know that they had ACEs or that the score was higher than anticipated. The link to the ACE score survey can be found in the show notes. If you have not listened to the prior episode, it may be helpful to start there, as today we will build on it. One of the listeners commented that she does not have any history of trauma and does not feel she has enough stress in her life today that can explain her stress responses or fiber flares. So today I hope to explain the concept of stress accumulation. In season one, I talked a lot about the chronic stress and pain connection, the fear and pain cycle, the way we cope, and the physical changes stress elicits in our bodies. As I said then, one of the Merriam-Webster dictionary definitions, the stress is a physical, chemical, or emotional factor that causes bodily or mental tension and may be a factor in disease causation. This definition focuses on stress, as most of us think of it, the causes of stress. We all can list the stressors in our lives, work, relationships, finances, health, politics, etc. We are surrounded by experiences that stress us out. Stress can be acute, a one-time event like the stress you get when faced with a short-term situation, like a confrontation with your neighbor who almost ran you over with his car pulling out of his driveway, or your child losing his coat in the middle of the winter, and and you need to get him a new one before he goes to school tomorrow, or me applying to the fellowship. It can be somewhat short-lived, but longer than a few days, like the cyber attack stress that has been going on for two months, or stressful semester at college with finals planning a wedding or another event. But there is an end in sight, you know it will not last forever, even though it feels like the stress will never end. Stress can also be ongoing, driving to work in heavy traffic daily, the toxic work environment, unsupportive people, an unreasonable workload, and being overworked and underpaid. But there is another way of looking at stress, Stress is a situation that is difficult to cope with, and it creates a reaction in the body. 
physical, mental, emotional, and behavior. Different people cope with circumstances differently and have a different reactions to the similar situations. The same traffic jam, same work environment, planning a wedding, finals, annoying neighbor, or long line in a grocery store will cause different reactions in different humans. Stress is universal, but our reactions to it is rather unique. Stress activates our survival responses, the fight-or-flight response, or collapse, freeze, pretend you're dead response. Most of us know from the biology course on the nervous system. So stress is the internal response to what our mind-body system creates in response whenever we experience a threat or challenge that activates our nervous system. It activates not only our nervous system, but also hormones, our cardiovascular systems, our heart, blood vessels, with your heart pounding faster and changes in the blood flow, breathing is altered, and vision and other senses get aroused. We are wired to produce stress responses under stress. Once the stress period passes, our body goes back to normal, rest and digest state the state we should be in in the majority of our life. This activation process from from to a stressor and returning to normal is called allostasis. Allostasis means achieving stability through change. It was introduced by Sterling and Iyer in 1988. So allostasis literally means maintaining stability or homostasis through change, how we adapt to stressors and threats. When you're exposed to danger, an infection, or even overstimulation from the environment, such as too noisy or busy or an unsafe neighborhood, or giving a presentation at school or work, the body responds to the challenge by turning on an allostatic response, thus initiating a complex pathway for adaptation and coping using brain chemicals, neurotransmitters, and hormones like cortisol, and then shutting off this response when the challenge has passed. This process relies on the continuous re-evaluation of need and continuous readjustment of all parameters towards new set points. So allostasis allows a body and mind to mobilize the appropriate amount of energy and resources to focus and cope during and after the threat or challenge and go back to a normal state once the stressful period is over. Our body, hormones, nervous and cardiovascular system, our digestive systems get to reset using the relaxation responses. We return to the rest and digest state, the ventral vagal state of the nervous system, we feel calmness, curiosity, compassion, clarity, presence, playfulness, and connectedness. However, with chronic or prolonged stress, our mind-body system does not return to, to the normal regulated state and remains activated. The stress and stress responses start accumulating, and we start feeling overwhelmed, wound tight, tapped out, and chronically stressed. Similarly, similarly, trauma, as you know it now, is a common human experience. 
Just like stress, it is universal. And most people have experienced at least one traumatic event as children and likely additional ones as adults. Trauma is also an internal response, and you can think of it as a continuum with stress. However, not all stress is traumatic. Traffic presentations, missed bills, or flight delays, stressful, yes, but not, but not necessarily traumatic. Trauma can occur when during a stressful event or an experience, you also feel powerless, helpless, and have no control over a situation. Each experience is unique, and we will discuss different types of trauma in future episodes. But just like with stress, without adequate recovery, the mind-body system remains activated and does not return to its regulated states of equilibrium. So over time, with stress and or trauma, the systems become dysregulated. The brain, nervous system, hormone, digestion, pain perception, and cardiovascular system, the allostasis is disrupted, and we start accumulating dysfunction. This accumulation of stress responses leads to dysfunction, incomplete stress response, dysregulation, and, and the disruption of this equilibrium or allostasis, when we feel tapped out or chronically stressed out. This is what we call an allostatic load. Allostatic load is the wear and tear on the body. A person is exposed to repeated or chronic stress. This term was created by Bruce McEwen and Ilya Steller in 1993. It represents the mind-body consequences of exposure to repeated or prolonged chronic stress, including trauma. When allostasis stops functioning properly, we begin to accumulate or build this allostatic load. As the allostatic load builds up, so does the dysfunction and dysregulation of our body. The result is allostatic overload, directly related to mental and physical health declines. Here's an example of the accumulation of the allostatic load. You may not have any history of trauma and have an A score of zero and still accumulate it over time and have a high allostatic load if you had a lot of stress as a child or later as an adult. We are wired to produce stress responses under stress. Once a stress period passes, our body goes back to normal, the rest and digest state. Chronic stress accumulates because the body does not go back to the rest state. So the examples below show how stress that you had and your body reset or not started to accumulate. Not everyone in these situations will have a high allostatic load, but many will. So just think about examples and think about your examples. As a baby, were you cared for at home or daycare? Were you a preemie, full term, born into calmness or chaos? Bottle fed or breastfed? Did you get a lot of skin-to-skin contact, your parents holding you and connecting with you, making eye contact, rocking and singing to you? Were there any health issues in you or your parents or siblings, stressors 
that affected your parents, like financial worries, unsafe environment, isolation. If you were cared in a daycare, was it nurturing environment or stressful one? And at what age did they send you there? Six weeks, like in the U.S., or older? They had low baby-to-staff ratio or high? Was that your nap time loud with lights on? Did you have frequent changes in the caregivers due to high turnover? Did you have loving staff or staff who was stressed out and dysregulated? Later in the childhood, how often did you worry about anything? Your parents, finances, food, housing, was your neighborhood safe? Did you have a loving extended family like grandparents, neighbors, and friends? Did you feel safe? Were you sick often, for example, with painful ear infections or had frequent doctor visits? Did you play sports? Did you feel a lot of pressure to perform? Did your grades matter? Did the coaches force you to restrict your diet, push yourself, and harass you into a better performance? Were you overextended with many extracurricular activities that prevented you from eating dinner at home? rushed going from one activity to the next? Were you bullied at school? Have you had many stressed out teachers who did not like to teach, did not get your learning style, or overloaded you with homework? Did you have support to help you learn, succeed, plan, and dream, or you felt you were alone? How did you spend your time as a family on the weekend? Was it in front of the TV because your parents were exhausted or working? Or did you play outside, go camping, or do other activities that promoted togetherness with the family and friends? How many of you may not consider these examples as stress, but as a normal part of life? And it can be both. Many had stress and had a way to distress and reset. The point is the accumulation of stress leads to dysregulation with health consequences when the load becomes high and there is no reset. The window of stress tolerance becomes smaller. Many people with time start to feel dysregulated and may feel that the current stress environment today should not, should not produce the amount of stress they feel. Their allostatic load has been building up for decades. No wonder we start seeing the evidence of dysregulation in our health in our 20s to 50s. And this is when thyromyalgia symptoms often begin to manifest as well. If you have a heavy allostatic load due to stress and trauma, the symptoms of dysregulation may present with depression, anxiety, PTSD symptoms, nausea, constipation, poor sleep, headaches, hypervigilance, chronic physical illnesses, frequent infections, and also poor coping methods like self-medication, stress eating, over-drinking, overworking, masking, suppressing, denying, avoiding, pushing, and crashing. Now, I will discuss how to cope, learn how to reset your stress responses, and also will discuss more information on trauma in future episodes. I just want to bring the attention, the stress accumulates and to 
reduce stress load. We need to learn how to distress, reset, and find ways to promote healing by learning how to cope with stressful situations appropriately and also how to reset our nervous system that may have been dysregulated for many, many decades. So thank you for listening today for this episode. If you're a listener, thank you for your support. If you know someone who can benefit from this podcast, please share. Let's create a global awareness of trauma and healing. I will talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you move toward better life with fibromyalgia. All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on, click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fibro. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.